Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to week three of our podcast uh, that's coinciding with our sermon series, Building Thriving Families. Uh, just to give a, a quick uh, recap and rationale, you know, we're doing this because modern families just seem to find themselves in an ever-changing landscape of cultural influences and expectations. And the patterns of family members and makeup seems to be ever-changing. I mean, if you take a look in the recent decades, there's young adults are living with their parents, you know, young adults are living with their parents much longer. There's a number of single adult households that's on the rise. Couples who do get married are waiting much longer to to sign on the dotted line, and, and then there's the growing number of married couples who have no desire to bring children into the world, and families who do have children are facing more complex and confusing moral dilemmas than ever before. And the cool thing is, is that the Bible has plenty to say about uh, the makeup of families and how families are to be nurtured and developed. And so each week we've been exploring different uh, kind of topics and um, ideas around different makes up, makeup of families and some of the unique perspectives that different individuals bring. And so week three, we uh, are, are continuing that. If this is your first time joining us, I'd love for you to share it, to click, to like, to subscribe uh, with those individuals who you feel would be impactful or impacted by this. Uh, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace, and I'm going to let our two uh, distinguished guests introduce themselves and, and tell just a little bit about their journey and families in a second. But um, I just want to say thanks to each of you for doing this. Uh, both of you bring a, a unique perspective uh, as, as it relates to families, and uh, I can't wait to get started. So how about we jump in? Right. So uh, Carlin Hiles, I would love for you to give a little introduction to you. Maybe tell us a little bit about your family upbringing, uh, and we'll kind of go from there. Absolutely. So hi, guys. My name is Carlin. Um, I'm currently the creative lead here at Grace Ministries. And a great radio voice already. Well, thank you. I You're appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my, my experience with family, um, I had an absolutely wonderful upbringing. Um, I, I come from as traditional as traditional as it gets. Um, my family is still together. Um, my, both of my parents are still married to one another. Um, I have a wonderful sister that is going through her journey in college. Um, and it, it's, it's, I've had a wonderful life growing up, honestly. Um, not to say we didn't face our fair share of hardships, yeah. but it, it's, it's just been wonderful. They've been very supportive of, of me, um, throughout my endeavors. Uh, and my, my sister and I have a great relationship with one another, which I super appreciate because that wasn't always the case. Um, we all, all the siblings always go through some rough patches. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But, um, as it stands now, I'm currently living alone. I'm a single man. And I, uh, I'm kind of navigating that seeing others and seeing how they handle their families, people that I'm close with. Um, but I'm also navigating that with, with um, I'll call it my chosen family. Hmm. So I have a very close group of friends that are around Erie right now. Hmm. And um, honestly, they, they are on the same caliber as, as family. That's really cool. That's awesome. They're wonderful. We're going to get more into that in a little bit because I think that touches on something that... Uh the, the Bible actually kind of sets a precedent for. So okay. hold on to that thought that we're going to explore that more. That's really good. Okay, Miss Jenny. All right. Go right ahead. Introduce, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. My name is Jenny Fisk. Um, I grew up um, in a very traditional family like Carlin. Uh, I, we have, both my parents were married for about 50 years together. And um, I have four four siblings. I mean, I'm one of four siblings. I should say that. <laughs> one of four siblings. We're not that big of a family. Um, 
and I've just, they've been supportive of me growing up. And, uh, like right now I lost my husband about a year and a half ago. So I'm living alone with my two children that are 10 and five and just experiencing life as a single woman again and the challenges that that faces. And yeah. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, you, you both bring a really uh, unique perspective to this. And, and I think you both talked about uh, the impact of living in a traditional family growing up, traditional in the mm -hmm. sense that mom, dad, uh, you know, kind of you know, were the anchors and bedrocks. Mm -hmm. uh, you felt, it sounds like you felt like it was a good upbringing yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and well-supported even though you had some sibling rivalry here and there and as you know, uh, yeah. I'm yes. sure, I'm sure the sisters and the brother, you know, Jenny yes. <laughs> had something to do with it. Uh, but it, you both bring up unique perspectives. And, um, when we, when we think about families, talk a little bit about why family is just so complicated of a subject to talk about. Mm -hmm. I think, um, it's complicated because the idea of a family is much different than what it was a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, we, talk more about that. We, we think more about, so something we're touching on is uh, the idea from the fifties of what the, the American dream family was, you know, hmm. a couple kids, what, what is it like two and a half kids? Yeah. The <laughs> nuclear family. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, I mean, there's so many statistics about what, actual families today look like i mean i i mean i have some statistics here if of i course, can touch on that of course you did research this is great <laughs> <laughs> um but it's interesting because so th these are all uh statistics from the pew research center in washington dc um 2.5 million grandparents carry the primary responsibility for caring for a child say that again wow. 2.5 million grandparents grandparents yeah and that and that's just them meeting their basic needs and caring for them. Hmm. Um, that's nearly 35% of all grandparents in the United States. Wow. Yeah. 46% uh, of U.S. kids younger than 18 live, with a, a, uh, live within a traditional family structure, and that's less than half. Wow. So that's, it's just interesting to think about because I think a lot of us have that, that predetermined notion of what a family is, mm -hmm. but that's not what it is. Hmm. And it's interesting uh, 34% of children today are living with an unmarried parent, hmm. you know, so it, it's, um, it's quite complicated than what a lot of people think it is because, because of the fact that the, the, the majority, which used to be mom, dad, two and a half kids, white picket fence, maybe a dog, yeah. typically a golden retriever or a chocolate lab, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Are, are no longer the, the, what you would call the norm yes, or, or the set standard. And so because of that, when you talk about family, what I'm hearing you say through all of that is that it's not as, oh, it's not as simple mm -hmm. and streamlined and straightforward. It's almost like what you just described is like, it's like this, this splintered approach of just so many variabilities that you have to take into consideration. Absolutely. And you don't want to upset the person and be like, oh, I don't want to insult you or upset you or say something wrong based on my upbringing versus yours. It's very, very, it's very, very insightful. Jenny? Yes. <laughs> I, I think with the diversity of family and how complicated it can get is, like I said, for myself, I lost my husband about a year and a half ago and being, being single and having kids is really tough. Um, 
my family's supportive of that, but, uh, you know, they have their own families too and have to, uh, you know, take care of themselves as well as, you know, try to look after me and my kids. But, um, my, my father died about four years ago. So that brought up some change in our family. Mm. Uh, I had a brother that got divorced. Um, and that just complicates things, um, you know, being remarried and with kids and stuff. So there's a lot of complexness to, to family. Yeah. Not every family is the same and some families are very split up. Some are still together. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the, the, so you've lost, you lost your, your, you know, if you want to call it the, the patriarchal figure in your dad. Yeah. Um, and and that doing, losing a a figure like that and knowing just your, a little bit of your family, like he was a central figure in your family. Oh my gosh, was he ever. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Um, dad was a quiet Christian and, but he just led quietly and faithfully through his illness and, um, and guided our family to church and kept us together. I think, um, we, my mom and I always have said, we felt like we lived in this perfect little bubble growing up and our bubble got popped Mm. when my dad passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And then throw in, so then, you know, that typically what something like that happens, it, it pops the bubble and then the other, uh, individuals of the family members have to make sense, pick up the pieces, yeah. and then try to figure out how to continue to to lead, to guide, to nurture. Yeah. Um, and knowing a little bit of, you know, your story, Jake was a Jake was a central figure in the, absolutely in, in that. Um, how did that How did that all shake out? And then especially um, now that you're in the, the single realm again, mm-hmm. what have you noticed as some of the, the struggles? It, or how is the, or maybe even, maybe less about that, but how have you seen people approach you differently because of all that? I honestly think people are scared to approach me. Um, especially to talk about my husband that I lost. Um, not real sure, like how to talk to me as, uh, as a single woman and, um, just, I don't know. I think that people just are scared to approach the issue with me because they don't want to upset, upset me, um, or my feelings. So, uh, yeah. It's good. That's very, it's very, very insightful. What do you wish that they would do? I wish they would just treat me as they always have, because I don't feel like I've changed. Mm. Um, my life has changed, but I don't feel like I've changed. And I just wish people would treat me as, um, as they always had. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I mean, I lost friendships when I lost my husband, mm. um, cause people just don't know how to, how to approach me. And, um, I think just be in that grief with me. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and also other people have stepped forward that have come into my circle, my close circle that have supported me. So it was just really different to see, um, the support of family and friends and how that shifted mm. during that. That's good. We're going to talk a little bit more about that okay. in, in a second. But the idea of the circle of support, you know, you both uh, are part of Grace Church here. And um, how, here's my, here's my, here's my question. How, how, do you, how do you see the church, how, how has the church done that well in, su- in supporting a, the idea of family as it relates to your perspective as singles? Do you feel like the church has done well in identifying uh, the, the role of, you know, talking about families in a way that honors singleness, or do you feel like it 
hasn't been the case or maybe somewhere in between? I would say for me, it falls in between um, because they do preach on, you know, what, you know, God's plan for us, whether is it, is it ultimately always marriage? No, it might, it might be singleness for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've preached on that, but a lot of the sermons I don't know are family oriented. Yeah. Um, so, but I do think that they kind of split down the middle about it. I think it, I feel supported in coming here. Mm-hmm. I think there have been a couple life group resources at Grace specifically that, that touch on singleness and it's been great. It's been really great. Yeah. Um, there have been some that talked about what season you're, of life that you're in with your singleness, God is using you for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, me struggling with control, I, I feel like that's the magnetic point that I <laughs> struggle with the most. Um, I find that to be hard to accept because I, I'm a very relational person and I feel like not... Not having that sort of companion that I so much desire, hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's hard for me to, to yeah. wrestle with. Yeah. Um, I wish there were a sermon series or a, or a set of weeks that we dive deeper into this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's the missing point. So let's look outside. Let, let's look outside just grace walls for a second mm-hmm. and just talk about the, the global church in general, mm-hmm. especially as you were being raised in the church and whatever, you know, whatever capacity that was, how do you feel overall the big C church has done as it relates to the idea of, of family? I think the church does a good job of bringing to the forefront marriage and family values. Yeah. Um, they put a strong emphasis on the sanctity of marriage, mm, okay. which is wonderful. Uh, and that, of course, plays into the importance of family. Um, I also think that they, and I don't mean to come back to grace, but th- there's a lot of pastoral and counseling resources for families. Um, so that that's always a huge help because not, not everywhere gets that. Yeah. No, I feel that... Um Yeah. So think about and Jenny's like, what was the question? <laughs> so the question really was like, think, you know, you've been in church most of your life, Jenny, you mm-hmm. were raised, uh, you know, yeah. in, you were raised up in the church. Looking back, looking back, how do you, how do you think the church, you know, how much of the church has shaped your view of family? I mean, I think it really did. Cause I grew up in this little country church and, um, they were very family oriented and it was, like Carlin said, husband, wife, you know, children. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I definitely feel like that, like my church growing up definitely shaped me. And like, that's what I should, that's what my goal should be is mm-hmm. to get married and to have children. Yeah. Um, Carlin, you, you mentioned, this is good. So let's, let's feed off what Jenny said a little mm-hmm. bit. You mentioned earlier about this idea of like a circle of, of support, mm-hmm. uh, which you consider what I heard, yeah, almost you said you put them on the same level of of family. Yes. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, so there's a saying that I always remember. It's friends are the family that chose you, mm-hmm. and uh, this group of friends that I interact with the most right now in my life is uh, that's that has hold true for sure. I think um, when it comes to great life struggles that I may face, they're always there. They're always there to show support, to offer any help that they can, and that I hold high value to that. That's mm-hmm. that's super, 
super encouraging that yeah. they would do that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I think there's this notion that you don't have stake in the game if you're not family mm-hmm. or if you don't love, love, love somebody. Hmm. Um, but I'm this, this would counter that greatly. Hmm. You know, I, I think, um, there is a deep love for these people that I may not feel for them romantically, but that I feel with them on a level that I would, I would put myself at risk for these people. Hmm. You know, I would, I would more or less give my life for these people if I was given the choice. Hmm. So you guys are, are talking about, you guys are touching on this, just this notion of recognizing that when you take a look at the way that God designed uh, human beings and just the structure around and the structure of family, there is this notion of a, a much wider approach than just like the insular, what we would call nuclear family. If, like if you predate it to 1950, the idea of the nuclear family actually didn't exist because it was an agricultural, small business kind of mindset that you know there were families that had multiple generations underneath the same roof in the same house working the land or working the business because that was the only way that the family could be sustained. Mm -hmm. And so there were different roles to play. And so mom and dad and then the grandma and grandpa were there and then aunts and uncles were all a part of this larger family structure and they all had their role to play with within the family unit. And as the war went on and as we went into the 1950s, you can see this big shift to where it went from what we just described to, okay, we're going to build and develop uh, this notion of the insular family um, where now we're going to just go with the viability of we're going to move out, we're going to move away, we're going to establish ourselves, we're going to develop ourselves, and then uh, kids go off, they find their own, you know, significant others, or maybe they, or maybe they realize that I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be married. I'm just going to be single. I'm going to move on Mm -hmm. and just develop my life, create myself, you know, surround myself with a good group of friends. But now all of a sudden they're meant to go and do their own thing. And Mm -hmm. mom and dad are just left there to, you know, slowly fade into the, (laughs) into the sunset kind of thing. And so it's literally just like this press play, go out repeat what you saw, reproduce, create mm-hmm. another nuclear family. But it's continual, this notion of like, at some point you are left with this fade away into the sunset, go off and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so uh, different than what the biblical family looked like, where there was just this de- intentional development, care and compassion for the family structure as a whole. And it was a team approach uh, that was a combination of both the nuclear, what you know, quote unquote the nuclear, but also like the multi-generational. And so think about uh, if there was like a, we'll call it like collateral damage. Mm-hmm. So in your instance, Jenny, mm-hmm. when your dad got sick, mm-hmm. uh, there was a rallying because your family's so local here. Yeah. There was a rallying of support where mm-hmm. you picked up the, the, the slack, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and, and you all supported your mom mm-hmm. uh, and you supported one another. And it was a very yeah. beautiful thing to watch. And then the same thing happened with with Jake mm-hmm. when Jake passed away, that your family was able to support those who were least able to support themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a model that we see in throughout Scripture where the very young or the very old weren't cast out and set aside, but there was so much input and resources driven 
to help support them and grow and cultivate the young, but also support and honor the old. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear that, and you're in your current state that you guys are in today, there's three questions that we're asking each week in this podcast. And, and you know, the first one that we're touching on is, how exposed is my family to the idea of multi-generational influences? So when you take a look at your current family structure, how exposed has, in your upbringing, or now, Jenny, you know, mm-hmm. specifically with you being a single mom, how much exposure are you giving your kids to the multi-general influences? And then, Carlin, I'd love for you to just speak on, like, how, what was that upbringing like for both of you, but even currently for you as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that I do, like, my kids are exposed to it a bit because, like, even though, like, my grandparents don't live with my mom, like, we're not all under one household, that... Uh, we can still, we still support them and help them. And like you had said, my family had rallied around me and around my mom when our, you know, our spouses were sick and just that community that they gave us and just support that whole time that, you know, that was going on. And my kids have been witness to all that and to witness to the friends and that we call family that to come around us and, and be there for us. Hmm. What I want you to think about, I'm going to come, I'm going to give you a couple of mm-hmm. minutes to think about this. Imagine the opposite. If you were not surrounded by family, mm. just let your brain go there for a second. We'll come back around to okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carlin, talk about just the impact of multi-generational influences on your family upbringing. Absolutely. Um, I think my, my grandmother's family was a part of that agricultural culture. Okay. Um, talk more about that. So she had four sisters and four brothers. Yeah, uh, so nine children in total. Yeah, wow. okay. Um, very biblical. Yes. They were very biblical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Yeah, and it was, um, you know, and they lived on a farm. They would, they would uh, milk cattle. They would, they would uh, bring in crop. They would do everything. And when it came time to spread out, that was, um, they carried on that piece of their legacy to their families. Hmm. Um. Nowadays, it's interesting because I'm noticing that the entirety of that side of the family, they're always there when illness falls. Mm. So I, I've had a, a couple instances where family members were terminally ill, and um, we everybody was there hmm. every single time. Hmm. You didn't you didn't not see a family member there. You did not see a cousin. There was always aunts and uncles. There was always their kids, their families. Um, and there's there's so so much beauty to that I think, mm-hmm. uh, and that that's probably one of the greatest values that I've was able to pick up from generations of my family. Wow, that's really cool. That's really cool. I want to come back to you mm-hmm. and give a little talk to me about the the other side of that. What would that have looked like? It would have been really scary. I don't know how I would have survived honestly like with my husband um, having two young children with him being in the hospital all the time. And I was always with him. My mom came in, stayed with my kids, Mm. um, so that I could be there and fully present with my husband when he was sick. Um, my, my siblings helped out. Like I just, I could, I wouldn't have been able to care for Jake like I did because I had that support there. But if I wouldn't have had it, I would probably be in a spinning downward spiral because of the stress and, um, having to care for my kids and care for Jake and, yeah, I couldn't imagine hmm. doing that without the support of my family. Okay, so 
you both have had very unique experiences and you've seen and witnessed like very firsthand what it feels like to have a team uh, rally, rally around you. Mm -hmm. As you look to cultivate that in your current family now, Jenny and Carlin, mm -hmm. as you look to just develop some kind of core values, you mentioned the idea of the, the value that you saw mm -hmm. of your grandma's side of the family, right? Um, what are you doing to function or develop this notion of a team-based approach? that goes outside just like the insular for you, Jenny, and mm -hmm. then Carlin, what are some things that, you, that you're trying to just tease out and grab, you know, uh, if, you know, if the will of God is for you to, you know, go into this idea of building a thriving family in whatever iteration it looks like? Mm -hmm. Can I tell a little bit of a story? Well, yes, of course you can <laughs> tell a story. It's a podcast. So, <laughs> I guess you're right. Um, Way early on when I started working at Grace, a lot of people would tell me that I have the qualities of a, of a servant leader, that I have a servant heart. Hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's interesting. I haven't heard that before. Where might have that have come from? I, I always try to look introspectively when things like that come up. Um, so just this past weekend, my aunt passed away. She was having a very, very rough battle with cancer. And uh, she... She was finally, uh, she finally lost the battle, mm. unfortunately. Sorry. Um, it, was, it was very much a blessing um, because, as I said, it was, it was a rough battle. Yeah. Um, but the viewing in the funeral was this past weekend. And as I said, the whole family was there. Um, but as we would come back, they invited, invited us over to their home for a picnic just for a time of fellowship. And... We immediately, like my, my mom and dad, they're like, come on, we got we to gotta go in the house. Like we need to bring out the food. We need to get things started. We need to do it. Oh, we need ice. Let's go down to the gas station. Oh, we need buns. Let's go down to Dollar General and grab them. You know, it was just, and it, it was almost like an epiphany moment where I was like, man, this is um, this multi-generational upbringing leads into that servant heart that I, that mm. people see. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's super fulfilling and, and I, I hold a lot of value to that because those close friends that I, I mentioned are my chosen family, um, more than half of them don't believe in God. Hmm. And I think that having that quality is the largest example of Christ that I can display to them. Wow. And if I can use that as a window, like that's, that's the greatest thing that I could ever do. That's cool. That's good. That's really good. Jenny, what about you? The idea of building a team, uh, you know, is, is your family currently functioning as a team? Do you feel a little, a little like you got a squeaky wheel? Like, where are you at? Not to put words in. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, as a unit with me and my kids, we could function better as a team. Um, but they're young yet, so getting them to uh, participate and help mom out is, is a work in progress. Yeah. But as far as, like, our family goes... Um, I think kind of what Carlin had said, like when we have family get togethers, it's everybody pitch in and, and to help out. Um, and like going in, um, helping out my grandparents or my, even my mom, like she needs a lawn mowed or needs heavier things done that she can't do. We go over and we weed whack and mow the grass and, and help her out. Um, so I feel like I'm teaching my kids about that, like just how to be more of a unit and to, to help each other out. Yeah. 
you guys are giving great examples of of what of how this plays out and i'm even being convicted right now you know my wife and i had we took our two kids well we we took we took our talents to kalamazoo way back in the day when it was just the two of us <laughs> and you know we had kids there and we much like you carlin had a group of friends that were our family because we were so far away okay um but when you know life happened we realized that we needed to be closer to home uh we moved kind of like in between both sets of families so like my family's from cleveland area heather's family's from the pittsburgh area and we made the joke the first couple of months there that my kids had seen both sets of grandparents more in those first two months than they had in the the uh f- five years that they were here on earth at that point wow and and it was i it, it, we didn't even know what we didn't have until we experienced it firsthand mm-hmm. and even with you all talking now you know we're at a stage where my parents are aging Heather's parents are aging. We're not living in the same town with them. Like uh, my family is representative of the, you go out, you do your nuclear thing, you go out and do your nuclear thing and you guys are like your own little entities. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very convicting to hear you all talk about how you rally around one another uh, because that's not um, something that can easily be done with, with us because we're so separate from one another. Uh, and to be honest with you, I've, I've, I've been feeling this, this, um, I don't even know what the word is. I'm going to use the word, just pull on the heart of, of trying to be a better son to my parents as they, you know, as they Mm -hmm. age, you know, as they age into being more of a veteran seasoned of life kind of, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, style of life, era of life. And, um, it's harder when you're further away. Mm-hmm. And I, to hear what you guys are talking about, it's like, oh man, that's a little convicting. Yeah. But at the same time, I think what you're displaying, uh, what your family, Carlin, is, is displaying is, is just like the, the, un, the heartbeat of what it means to be a part of the Heil family. Right. And, and same thing with, with you, Jenny, as you know, in, in your just anchored, you know, with your sisters and your brother and mm-hmm. mom and everything. And even though this, so the last question that we've been asking is like, does my family have clarity around our mission? Now, Carlin, I would love for you just to kind of like talk about like, what would, as you envision, um, as you envision going forward, what is, what does that mean for you in the context of not yet having a, a family? You've articulated that that is your desire. If you know, God mm-hmm. willing, that is your desire. So I'd love to hear you, you know, talk about that for a little bit. And then Jenny, you have two kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both young and, and at the same time, they're growing very yeah. quickly. What does it look like from your standpoint? Like, do you think they have clarity around a mission? Like, have you have an established mission or all that kind of stuff? Okay. So I, which, whatever one of you wants to go first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll go first. Um, go for it. I really don't think my kids and I have a, a mission right now. Um, the mission is just to survive at this point yeah. um, because life has just been so crazy and just kind of figuring life out again since losing him. Um, but I, I can see though that like just the way that I'm living my life, I'm kind of teaching them without saying what our mission is mm. as far as um, uh, helping each other out and being there and supportive of, of each other. Yeah, that's really good. That's good. Carlin. You know, I think about, 
the stage of life that I'm in right now, um, I feel as though that each piece of my life is is wonderful right now, and the missing piece is having that that partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to walk that and and think about what I'm doing in my life right now, because uh, I'd like to think that should a partner come into my life and should God bless me with that, will I adapt correctly? Mm-hmm. And will I carry on that value that I mentioned to you guys? Mm-hmm. Um, taking into account maybe her value that maybe she, she may bring to the table. Yeah. And then if we were to have a child, can we carry that on with them? Yeah. You know? So it's, yeah, I, it would just be a matter of me making sure that the mission itself, based on that generational upbringing, yeah. that it gets carried out. Yeah, that's really, really good. Well, we could do this forever, but I think we probably have to wrap <laughs> up at some point. We're probably a little bit over. Um, but, you know, Jenny, you hit on a word, this idea of this, like, I can't, we're just trying to survive. Yeah. And I, I, I want everybody, I, I think a lot of us are just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of like, what's the thing that's causing us to default to the idea of just trying to survive rather than like building towards this idea of thriving. And I guess I would just encourage every listener out there, uh, you know, there are a lot of complex, there's a lot of complexity to our, our families. Uh, you know, there's, whether it's time commitments, whether it's, you know, doing all sorts of different things, whether it's couples doing multiple jobs and just trying to get ahead there is a biblical precedent to slow down sometimes to catch up to God. And when you do that, you can begin to align your heart and your mind a little bit more closely to how God designed his intentional design and how human beings should live, how families should live and how families should support one another. And how should they build this idea of multi-general influence. And so I, you know, you can't change it overnight, but you can take a step forward yeah. and toward that idea of going from survival to, to, to thriving. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that looks like, have conversations. It's really, really good. Like, you know, Jenny, from the context of you, like I hear that, I'm just like, oh man, what would it look like to sit down with, to, with Lizzie and James and just be <laughs> like, okay, kids, we're going to come up with a mission. What do you think our mission for our family should be over the next month? Yeah. And start small and then kind of go idea. from there. And Carlin, you know, the same thing for you is just like start writing stuff down. What would it look like to develop a mission for our family? Like, I'm actually a little envious of your position because y- you have these building blocks that I never even thought of uh, when we first started out. And now we've got a 14 and 12-year-old and we're <laughs> trying to implement some of this stuff when we're halfway <laughs> through the journey already. But you never, I say that because you're never too late to start. Right. You're never too right. late to start. And so that, I think that's my big encouragement as you know, we conclude today is no matter where you're at, start now. Start now and, and, and use the scriptures to inform and, and, and see where it goes. See where it goes. Super encouraged by our conversation today, you two. Thank you so much for, for being a part of this. And for all you listeners out there, uh, please uh, like and subscribe and share. And uh, we'll be back next week with our ne- next, uh, next installment of our Building Thriving Families podcast. Take care.